Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have a very special guest, Maria Gabriela Cardenas, writer, producer, director of a great movie. Uh, new, did it come out in 21 or 2020? 21. 21. July 3rd. Okay. Yeah. Brand new movie called The Dark Foe. It is available for rent or purchase on all the major digital streaming outlets, and uh, we are going to be dissecting this movie because it's because it has so many layers to it that we have a lot to talk about. First of all, Maria, thank you for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Super excited to talk to you to you about a dark fall, and thanks for having me. It's my absolute honor and pleasure. And let's get right to it. Uh, you co-wrote this movie, and like we said, directed and produced. But let's start with the writing part. You co-wrote it with your father, uh, who's also the star of the movie, Oscar Cardenas. Was this the first time working with your father? No, it it was. uh, We've been working together for, for, I would say, like about six years, let's say. Mm -hmm. Like um, our, our... since I grew up when I was a little kid, you know, my love for film started because of him. Okay. Uh, he, he showed me all the all the thrillers, horrors, anything you can think of. He was showing me all of it, you know. So, so like Hitchcock, like we were a big fan of Hitchcock. That was like our main, main, like the thing that brought us together, you know. Yeah. So... I came to LA to pursue uh, my career in filmmaking and the acting was his dream all his life, you know, but he he got married too young and to take care of, of the family, like he stopped acting. So when I came to LA, I started doing short films and I told him, why why don't you join me, you know? And, and since then we worked together and I think we worked together very well because we're so passionate about what we do when telling stories that uh, working with him is is the best. It's the best. And I think we're, we're, we're on, on set. Like he, he does respect uh, my my role as a director and I respect his role as an actor. You know, like we, we do take each other seriously and, and I think that's why we work very well and we haven't like separated or anything like, okay, enough. <laughs> that's an awesome story. Now, he is listed as your co-writer. How much writing did he help you with for a dark foe? Oh, like most of it. Oh. We, we, he, he came up with the idea of a dark foe, actually. Uh, and then one day he, he came and pitched it to me and, and I told him, let's, we have to do this as a feature, you know, cause we've been doing so many short films that it, it was like the time to like step it up. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah. And so, so yeah, we, we co-wrote it together and he, he lives in Venezuela. So, so it was a lot of like FaceTiming and working like that for hours and hours at night and we made it happen. <laughs> now, was it immediately known when you guys were writing this that you would be directing and he would be the leading star? For sure, yes. Okay, that's... That... I think, yeah, that's how we work, I think, you know? Well, it, yeah. it worked out great because he was, I mean, he was amazing. He's a great actor. And uh, I want to see more of him. Now, let's start dissecting this movie because A Dark Foe has a lot of layers to it. Let's start with the Native American aspect of the movie, okay? How did you guys come up with, uh, you know, of all things, the Native American uh, being such a core foundation of this film? Well, we, we thought of the Native American because we were thinking like what kind of serial killer or, you know, can, what kind of serial killer have people not ever seen, you know, before on screen or what hasn't been done so much of, you know? So, so we started like doing a lot of research and we thought about Native, uh, having a Native American because we also wanted a diverse cast. He yeah. came from there mostly, 
you know we wanted to do like a very diverse cast and and yeah we came up with the idea of having a native american as a serial killer yeah, yeah the cradle and uh i mean great pick for the actor you uh you play for the cradle he, he, he's been around for so long and i'm such a huge fan of his uh exactly. for a long long time now now uh basically when because i would classify a dark foe as a crime horror action with some drama in it and that's a lot of different aspects to throw into a movie and it was all yes. done very nicely how did the whole concept of the nyctophobia which is for people who don't know, people who are afraid of the dark. Uh, that's just a, a, something you don't really see much of in movies. Do you know of, do you have or know anyone who has personal experience with nyctophobia or how did you guys come up with that concept? Well, we wanted to give this character, Tony, like an extra layer, you know, like he's a very troubled character, a flawed, flawed, flawed character with a lot of guilt that he carries. And besides having this guilt that he carries because he thinks uh, they took away his sister, mm -hmm. uh, he we also wanted to give him that extra layer of like when he meets this man who took her away like not so fast Tony you know so we, we we came up with the idea of giving him a phobia because especially after after you go through an experience where they take away your your family and you're you're in this crawl space for three days you know you're not gonna come back the next day and be oh you know I'm good <laughs> so we we thought about like okay what can happen inside of a crawl space you know so so we came up with the idea of nyctophobia of having this fear of the dark and uh, that it was caused by by this tragic event of his life and i i don't necessarily know people that suffer from nyctophobia but myself and oscar my father uh we we both are sometimes even a little bit scared of the dark you know like if everything's dark you 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 start imagining th imagining little things you know oh, like yeah. oh did i see a shadow there or something and then you run to the next room <laughs> so little tony uh when he was a boy was stuck in that crawl space like you said for three days was he locked in there or was he just too afraid to step outside Oh, he was too afraid to step uh, uh, to to go outside, but he also had his mother on top of him. Oh, okay. When we when I don't we're not going to spoil the movies, but in the flashback scenes where we're watching that, I didn't pick that up that his mother. But but you're right because he could see her through that little opening. He could see her eye. Okay, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Before continuing with, with the movie, uh, obviously it's not that easy to come up with an idea and then get a feature film. So how difficult was the process? First of all, when you guys started writing it, did you have uh, any ideas of where you're going to get financing, how you're going to cast it, who you're going to show it to? Did you have it all planned out or did you guys take it stage by stage? Let's write it first and then see what happens. Yes, that's exactly how we ha it happened, yeah. Uh, we started writing it, uh, but we also, we had we had people in mind. We had Graham Greene in mind when we wrote the screenplay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also worked with a producer, uh, her name is Amy Williams, and, and I met her a long time ago, like a few years ago, uh, on a set that, for Mothers and Daughter, a movie she did with Selma Blair. Mm -hmm. And I was a production assistant there, and and we like had a big relationship. So so I also told her about this, about our film, because she she's more experienced than myself, you know. So so I needed someone with like a lot of experience to to help us, and uh, she helped us with bringing the casting, you know, like all the people, the the name talent. Like she helped us so much. And also, but we start, 
we started first the casting, like bringing uh, Graham Green. We went to his agent, and after we, after we gave it to him, like 48 hours after, he was like, "Yeah, I'm in." So we were so surprised, like, "Okay, sure," and and that helped us, you know, that helped us with the process, like getting all the actors signed, and that helped us with financing and everything else after, you know. And uh, uh, where was shooting done? Here in LA. In LA. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, uh, like I said earlier, it had a great cast. Let's not forget Bill Bellamy, who's also in it, and he was. Exactly. Yeah, yes. and he was great in it as Definitely. well. Now, did you have a, a studio uh, before you started filming, or did you did, did a dark foe go through the film festivals and then it got picked up? We 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 went through the film festivals. We started doing that in 2018, but we stopped because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know? We were doing so well. We we even got like 20 awards, yeah. 16 nominations, you know? It was, yeah, yeah, we were so happy. It, it was a great time, you know, doing the festival run. But then, you know, COVID hit, so we kind of like took a step back because we didn't want to do it like virtual virtual festivals. You know, so we started reaching out to, to distributors and thankfully uh, Vertical Entertainment uh, reached us out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, let's, let's get back to the movie. I love hearing stories on how just concepts of movies start from a person's mind to the script and end up going to the big screen. Because, I mean, I've had mm -hmm. so many filmmakers tell me that only 25% of movies that are written or even filmed actually get it in front of an audience so it's, yeah, it's, it's so it's a huge accomplishment. there's so many yeah yeah there's so much competition you know and so much contact now nowadays that i'm i still think about it and i'm so grateful yes yeah so so grateful yes i mean it's a big accomplishment and the movie like we said is fantastic so we move on yeah. tony becomes an fbi agent and even in, in his adult age, he is still hunting for the person that he thinks took his sister, okay? Yes. And we don't really find out what happens to the sister till the very end of the movie, which we're not going to spoil. Um, the process that he has to go through, and there's some pretty uh, horrific uh, scenes in the movie, and it shows a really dark side of of prostitution of people humanity itself how important was that for you to capture it the way you wanted to capture it on film like to have your vision captured on how these places actually are and not hold anything back from the audience well for me it was very important uh when when i thought about the film as a whole i had like three different worlds in my mind that kind of connected to each other, you know? And I saw it like with colors. Uh, so like the tones, Yeah. like for, for Tony's world, I, I, I divided it. Right. So for Tony's world, it was like cold tones. And for when he meets this lead, Rebecca, you know, that takes him through this underworld, of prostitution, sex trafficking, but also uh, a hopeful world. It was kind of like more vibrant colors, neon noir colors. And when we are with a cradle, it's more of like these earthy tones and uh, like dark mm -hmm. tones. So, so I really wanted to make that visible because you know, it's it's really sad that that we still see this sex trafficking rings and all, all these really bad things that are happening nowadays. And I, and I really wanted to show it in a way that, that, you know, these things happens and they are real. And, and I wanted to make it as vivid as possible. Yeah. For people. Did you ever have a fear that all the different elements in the movie, uh, the native American, the sex trafficking, the nyctophobia, like we said, layer on top of layer on top of layer uh, would be too much. And, uh, I mean, it turned out, and it was beautifully done, 
But were you ever afraid that this might be too much, you know, stories combined into one movie? I definitely thought about it, but I think they, in my humble opinion, I believe that the story works in itself, you know, like Tony has to go through all these different layers in order to find uh, justice for his family, right? So, so I think it was necessary for him to, to, to travel through all these different places and to struggle and to have all these obstacles. So I, I did think about it, but I, I, I believed in the story and I feel like uh, I, I, even though it has so many layers, I think those layers serve the story, you yeah. know? Yeah. Now, did yeah. you find yourself, uh, you and your dad, when it, you, know, you finished the script and then you got to shooting the film, uh, as you were shooting the film, you and your dad had to make revisions to the script as you went along what oh, sounded yeah. good when you were writing it a couple of months ago now you're there yeah. filming it uh let's do it a little differently how often did that happen oh it happened a lot in instead it, di it didn't happen that much it was mostly like right before like the two weeks of pre-production that we had before we started shooting that we did a couple of changes mm -hmm crazy changes but but they all worked good and while we were shooting there were slight slightly things that we had to take out or put in for dialogue and other stuff but nothing crazy crazy changed but we did a lot of drafts for sure okay all right yeah now if you're describing let's say you meet someone and you're like hey i have a movie out uh would you classify it more as a crime movie or a horror movie? Uh, for me, it's equal both. How would you describe it? I, I, I normally say that it's a thriller with a horror twist. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's perfect. That's, that sums it up. <laughs> and it has the drama element with the family. Exactly. And, of yeah. course, the action. And of course, yeah. the action. What do you think a dark foe, what do you think separates it uh, from other similar type movies? If you were to, let me put it to you this way. If you were to ask me to find, to name a movie that is in the similar category to a dark foe, I can't think of any. I really can't. Yeah. So if someone comes up to you and asks you to describe this film, uh, how would you describe it to them? Like with similar films? No, like, or... I mean, you know, would you go more with the criminal or the horror aspect? Get them ready uh, that they're going to see some stuff that might be disturbing to them? Oh, uh, well, no, I would I would go more towards the crime aspect of the story of this uh guilt-ridden FBI agent who suffers from this phobia that was caused by the abduction of his sister and the murder of his mother. Yeah. Now, at the end, do you think, uh, once it's all resolved, do you think Tony, uh, what's, for lack of a better term, can let go of his guilt? Do you think he finally overcomes it? People will have to find out and see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, uh, another thing, most movies that come out today are really short, like 88 minutes, maybe you'll get 90 minutes. Uh, A Dark Foe is about a hundred, is an hour and 54 minutes. Now, yeah. did, uh, did you guys have to really cut it down to make it a movie that's under two hours when it came to editing? Uh, for sure. Oh, so there were a lot of cutout scenes then, huh? Yeah, we we our our first cut was well, if I no, our rough cut was insanely long, but that obviously doesn't count. <laughs> it was like two hours and thirty something minutes, but then the actual cut, the final cut that we thought it was ready, was like two hours and eight minutes, but but we thought that's that was still very long, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so we tried to like really trim it and make it uh, move, you know? So that 
story doesn't feel like it's dragging yeah. or the pace is good. So so we yeah. I yeah, it's it's long compared to a lot of movies nowadays, especially like horror films. But since we had all these other layers, we 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 decided it was okay because if we cut too much, then people will not understand certain things, you know? Yes, yes, I totally understand. Yeah. Now let's go to the cradle's daughter. Okay, uh, it's a mm -hmm. character that you would not expect to see in this movie, and it's also the main motivation behind what the cradle does uh, to his victims. Uh, did you guys, uh, how did you come up with such a unique story with the cradle's daughter and her condition without giving away too much? I mean, that was very fascinating. How did you guys come up with that, uh, with that idea? Well, we, we wanted the cradle to be, uh, kind of like a likable serial killer, you know? <laughs> Like we we really wanted him to have a purpose and a reason of why he's doing this, and uh, we we did a lot of research like what kind of diseases are out there that could uh, be uh, that could happen because of a chemical reason or for any other reason. You know, we started doing a lot of research and and we found this with this. Uh, this disease, I don't remember exactly the name now because mm -hmm. that was a while ago. <laughs> but uh, but this disease, like you see, like how the skin comes, you know, like they start losing their their yep. color. Yeah. So so we thought it was perfect. <laughs> and and yeah, from there we we got inspired to to do the rest. Now, if you were to say now the cradle's motivation, okay, he had. Uh... We've seen him throughout, we see the cradle throughout the movie uh, when he's talking to different people, saying that he has different, or saying different motivations. The Native American, you took our land motivation, uh, but we know it's his daughter. Do you think ultimately the cradle is just, uh, a, a, just a serial killer? He's a psychopath. Do you think he's doing this out of love to try and save his daughter? Or C, is it the Native American aspect, which I don't really buy, that that's his, I think he's using that as an excuse. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I would say it's for the love of his daughter, mostly. It's uh, the love of his daughter is what's driving him to do this. But at the same time, it's like this uh, narcissism that he has on you know that he wants to do this yeah now um we see in the beginning of the film the cradle uh has been doing this for a very long time i mean he has been hunted by the fbi for decades he's the reason why tony joined the fbi uh do you think like when we see the earlier flashback scenes the cradle as a young man and hunting little girls are we to assume that his daughter is alive and he's really and he's doing it for his young daughter and she was yes. born with okay so she was born with this condition yes okay so he's not a pedophile no no absolutely not okay. yeah yeah it, it He's doing it for his daughter, yeah. To try to save her. Okay. But but you see him when he's doing these very atrocious acts to women. Uh, he shows no remorse, no guilt. Would you call him mm -hmm. also a psychopath? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, he takes enjoyment. And even though, yeah, he he's using the yeah. excuse to help his daughter, but he actually enjoys what he's doing as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Now, uh, you talked about on how the colors were very important for you when you were focusing on different characters. That's something I've never heard of before from another filmmaker. Is that something that's unique to yourself? Is it something that you learned while you were studying in L.A.? How did you come up with that concept? Yeah, I feel, uh, I think, 
uh, like the tone, you know, the tone on a movie, I feel is very important. And some movies have like a very similar tone throughout the whole entire thing. But since I have these different parts of the film, I really wanted to make sure they, they stand out from each other, you know, like each of them have like their own unique mm-hmm. uh, feel. Yeah. On, on, yeah. On unique feel, look. And uh, I did learn it from school, but also like studying a lot of filmmakers like uh, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I think one, the person I believe that made me be like, oh, I really want to try it, you know? Because I love films, but since I started like watching movies like Wrecking for a Dream or Black Swan, oh, those are wow. my favorite. favorite. Um, since I watched those two films, uh, he 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 demonstrates, for example, in Wrecking for a Dream, like this very dark world, and also the colors and everything, like the tones that he uses. Uh, I was very amazed by it, and so and even like David Lynch also has like a very peculiar peculiar tone of of how he like sh- sh- shows his movies, yeah. you know. So, so I, I definitely feel like I, I I look into that a lot when I see a movie. Yeah. Now, let's go back to how you got started. You mentioned you were and your dad would watch movies together. Hitchcock, you mentioned, was your favorite. Uh, Now, let's go to the film industry in Venezuela. Uh, And how hard is it for filmmakers in Venezuela to actually make films? Is there any funding available? Is there any incentives for the people of Venezuela to make films? Uh, or if you, you know, did not come to the United States, your dream would have never been fulfilled. Can you give us a little background on, you know, the big differences between Venezuela well, and, of course, Hollywood? I mean, besides the obvious differences, how, I mean, how hard is it to get a movie if you want to be a filmmaker in Venezuela, done? Oh, I think it's extremely hard, you know, especially with the situation that's going on right now. Venezuela is like in a crisis. So I, I feel like the the industry, the entertainment industry there, like died a few years ago, more than a few years ago. And uh, I still think it's you. it's possible to make a film over there but to to find the right funding uh it can be very difficult you know because people there are like struggling suffering and uh yeah so uh yeah that's pretty much what i what i thought now let's talk about your dad some more okay uh he was the lead actor in a dark foe uh, you said he started out, he wanted to be an actor. He became a dad at a very young age, uh, and he had to put that aside. How much fun did he have being in front of the camera and uh, acting for you in this movie? Oh, I think he he had fun, but at the same time, he always tells me that he was, like, uh, crazy because he... Um, you know, like he was having fun, but this character, Tony Cruz, goes through so much that he he always had to be in that state of like of the character mm-hmm. and what he was going through. So it was like uh, fun and torture at the same time. <laughs> now, now that he's, uh, you know, he's had a leading role in a movie that is doing very well, is being very well received by critics. Uh, just came out several weeks ago. Uh, does he want to pursue acting further, uh, whether oh, it's sure. with you or not? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, is your dad in the United States or is he in Venezuela? He's in Venezuela right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, now there's a, a feeling of being immersed in the different characters' lives and perspectives throughout the entire film and the sequences that that happened in the film how did you go about um basically putting us into what each character was feeling for example 
your dad's partner, Bill Bellamy's character um, in the movie, uh, his psychiatrist uh, in the movie, and that all these different people, they all had a different story uh, to his FBI boss. Uh, you you did a great job letting us know what each person was about and what their true feelings were. Uh, did you have to take any shortcuts? Any cuts were made in the film in that regard? Or was it pretty just right there for you to give us the story that every character had to share in the movie? Yeah, well, um, I would say thank you first. <laughs> thank you for telling me all of that. <laughs> it means a lot. Uh, but uh, as far as the characters like Bill Bellamy or the psychiatrist and uh, Glenn Morshower's character, Mr. Stewart, um, like all these characters were like, I tried to give them as much description as possible in the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when I talked to each of the actors that was playing that role, like we we try to build like this background story and how they connected with the main character. Okay. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned earlier that Graham Greene was the one that you really uh, wanted to get, and once he uh, once Graham Greene got on board, a lot of the other actors sort of fell into place. Did you write the character for Graham Greene? With Graham in mind, uh, yes. Oh, you see, that is pretty cool. You write. Are you? I know. It was so insane. We we were we were so surprised. That doesn't happen yeah. very often. I know, and also, uh, for for Selma Blair's character, uh, we uh, we got her because she worked with Amy. Amy Williams yeah. in that film that I told you about, and I also had like a little with her you know so so it was nice that she said yes and she wanted to join us so this is and uh oh. yeah. no no i was gonna say and bill bellamy i, I met him and we, i talked to him about the film and he he was like yeah I'm do let's do it super nice yeah <laughs> now this is your first full feature film correct yes what were some of the stuff that surprised you uh, you've done a lot of shorts before. What surprised you doing your first feature film as a director? As a director, um, well, good question. Uh, um, you know, when 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 I was preparing for 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 this feature film, I didn't want to get too nervous or anything. So I tried to prepare myself as much as possible. You know, with my shot list my directing beats, all the notes that I had for the actors. And um, so so I would say that um, I prepared by, or the thing that surprised me the most, it was like the preparation that you need for, for like the VFX. Because with, sorry, the, the light is like right on me and I started like, <laughs> having like a tear okay, all of a sudden okay. like, what's going on <laughs> and uh but uh <clears throat> but yeah like, one thing that surprised me was the, the whole thing working with the visual effects because i never did it and um that was like a whole new experience for me and it was pretty pretty cool very fun another thing that surprised me is the amount of people that i need <laughs> <laughs> to to make things happen you know because because before i used to work with uh, 20 people max 25 people max on set and on this set we were like 100 wow. plus wow yeah it was crazy and and uh also uh we uh i think those are the things that surprised me the most uh because I, as i was saying since I did short films and I wanted to prepare myself, when I went to set, I told to myself, like, you have to treat this as another short film, mm -hmm. you know? Like, but like, it's a short film, but it's gonna take longer, you know? The max maximum amount of days I did uh, before was five days, you know? Yeah. 
for this film, we we, sh we were there for 28 days. Okay. 20. So it was intense 28 days. And uh, it, I still think about it and I'm like, wow, that's so crazy. And I was so, so thankful and like I couldn't believe it, you know? Like each day went by and even the last day on set when we wrapped, I, I, I was like, I want to continue. <laughs> <laughs> I want to continue shooting. I don't want it to stop, you know? Now, were you, was... were you at all intimidated, intimidated uh, directing uh, some of these very uh, established actors? Not really, because I, I felt very comfortable with them, you know? They made me feel comfortable and also when I talk to them, like they really listened to me and what I had to say. And I also like when they gave me like their notes, I also was very like uh, collaborative mm -hmm. and I think it worked out. Like my experience with, with all the actors was incredible, like all of them. Yeah, I, I never felt intimidated at all. The only thing uh, that let's say like it was like a little bit out of whoop, like what happened here you know when i arrived to set is that we try to hire like as many experienced people as possible to help us yeah. that you know by the time we, we shot the film i was 23 turning 24 on the set actually and uh you know I, i'm a young female director and that that did bring me some trouble on set with some crew members because because they were were they were looking down on me because I had yeah, not yeah. enough you know mm -hmm. so so at first the first week was a little bit like ah oh, this sucks that this is happening but I I try to not think about that you know I Good. try to think about my story my actors like are we getting everything you know that's what I was thinking about what mattered so uh, as as the shoot days went by uh, I I did see a different Prince on set, and I saw that people were believing me, and that I knew what I was doing. You know. Yeah. That's... So it turned out amazing. After. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I could totally understand. You have whether it's you know all the different production people that are on set. They're like, wow, here's this 23, 24 year old woman, and she's my boss. You know, and some people just, you know, whatever. That's their issue. Uh, let them deal with it. <laughs> Uh, now that you've got your first feature film under your belt and it's a bit, it's gaining success, it's gaining momentum as time passes on, have you noticed uh, any more doors open up for you uh, as far as writing, directing, producing as a direct result of a dark foe? Um. Yeah, I've I've been getting some stuff, but uh, right now I'm actually uh, focusing on on developing a new 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 movie uh, with my father. Uh, so we're on that right now. So we'll see where that goes. Where would you say your passion really is? Is it with writing or directing? Directing for sure. Okay. I I I love writing, but writing. It's so hard. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's absolutely hard. It's it's a love-hate relationship that I have with writing. <laughs> How about your dad? How much does he enjoy writing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, but, like, your dad, how much does he enjoy writing? He loves it. He loves it. He Yeah, but I think we both have, like, ah, we have to write. But it's, it's a good, like, frustration you know I don't mean it in a bad way mm -hmm. it because because you you're on the page but sometimes you have like these great ideas but you don't know how to translate them onto the page exactly so it it's it's a process you know yeah. and that's and that's why I think it's the love hate thing that I have with writing because I wish you could just write and it's there you know so I, I would assume <laughs> no. I would assume then that if you get approached with a script from you know a studio or a producer or whatnot and you like the script that you did not have to write you would have no issue taking it on and directing it right oh for sure no i would love to <laughs> please <laughs> ha, i mean now let's let's go to the horror genre for uh, a little while 
moving forward, would you say your heart lies with horror? You mentioned Hitchcock. You loved Hitchcock growing up. He was the master of thrillers, mystery, and suspense. Is that the genre that you are most passionate about in filmmaking? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there uh, any particular subgenre that you like exploring? Because A Dark Foe is a pretty psychological movie. Yeah, uh, I like psychological thrillers a lot. I think that's my top, top favorite, oh. you know, from the top. <laughs> and then after that, I love thrillers and horrors and action films too. Uh, but I would say it's between thrillers and horrors what, what I'm more like excited about you know yeah. especially watching them yeah you see never get tired me neither it's all about for me uh blood guts gore that's it's nice it's fun you know it's entertaining but for me it's about the characters it's about the storytelling that's what makes a good movie you know mm. and uh yeah. and it sounds like you feel the same way uh, now, when you're moving, uh, if you had, you know, if things go the way you want them to, you want to focus on psychological character-based thriller storytelling. Uh, does that include all realms, like from paranormal uh, and like more action horror, science fiction, and so on? Yeah. Um... I would say, yeah, like a psychological horror to, you know, kind of um, get out. Let's say that's like the new uh, genre that they're given, mm -hmm. you know, psychological horror. I love that too. Um, or I, I think, but I wouldn't close myself into doing just that, you know. I, I would love to explore anything, really. Like as long as it's a good story that has a good me like good meaning behind and uh, a great character and you really want to root for that character in the story uh, uh i'm happy to tell that story you know yeah. yeah now maria do you uh realize with a dark foe you came up with a truly unique you and your dad came up with a truly unique story i mean i'm I, i'm completely serious uh I have never seen anything like it on the screen before. Do you just sit back now when you watch the final product, uh, you know, the final movie all put together and edited, and you watch it from start to finish? Has it hit you yet that you guys came up with a story that has never really been done in the way that you guys did it before? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm being serious. So I mean, I'm being yeah. serious. Because it's so easy to turn on what, you know, put on a horror movie. And, you know, we know all the horror cliches, uh, whatever the subgenre is. And you and your dad really went against the grain, came up with some really brilliant ideas. And uh, instead of making it a one or a two layer type story you've mounted layer on top of layer on top of layer and you did it successfully as well uh, i did not know what to expect when i started dark foe i just read the synopsis like everybody else i'm like wow this sounds interesting uh but then at the end i was like wow i'm like i have never seen anything like this before and it was good it was good so happy. Yeah. yeah and uh it's not easy to do i mean you're talented you're obviously very talented because uh if everybody could do what you pulled off in a dark foe a lot we would be seeing a lot more unique stories out there than people following the regular horror playbook uh, whether it's slasher movies or paranormal movies, uh, so I just wanna, I'm, I wanted to let you know, and to see if you fully realize what a unique story, not only did you guys come up with, and you managed to nicely put it together on film, 
So again, congratulations on that. You know, it's it's thank you. It's, thank you so much. It's not as easy as you think. What was yeah. what would you say was the biggest challenge in those twenty eight days of filming that you had to overcome? Um, I think time was the challenge. <laughs> we had so much to shoot, you know um that it was like okay we gotta get the scene the scene the scene so i think yeah getting everything getting everything that we wanted was very important to us and very challenging you know we had to do like go over time and get things done and also again uh i would say uh the bfx yeah now the the the, which part of the VFX impressed you the most? Was it the stuff that you saw in the editing room on how they took what you shot and made it look so real? Or was it the shooting part that was impressive and challenging for you? The post-production part was incredible, you know, because we saw what the artists did uh, and we were so impressed and amazed of, of what he did uh, as the phobia goes yeah. and uh but but for the for the shoot it was hard i say it was hard because we we were literally like just leaving it to post-production we were trying to shoot like the camera angles and doing everything so it was like it, either this is going to work or it's not you know <laughs> so that's what got me like in my nerves all the time and i was like uh facetiming the bfx person like oh we're, we're planning to do this here and here uh do you think it's gonna look okay you know <laughs> so <laughs> uh did you <laughs> uh did uh you have complete control on the casting of the movie oh yeah yeah uh was there any particular role that you really had to go through a lot of people to audition to finally pick the person like let's say for example tony's mother oh for her it was easy we saw julie gonzalo and we were sold with her and uh i think we had a hard time with rebecca oh, yeah okay. Oh, okay. yeah it was hard to get uh a rebecca until we met kenzie actually but but before we met kenzie the the actress that plays rebecca uh we were going through a lot of people yeah yeah i so you know want to talk about the 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 twists involving rebecca but we can't we can't yeah that's gonna spoil <laughs> a lot of stuff but i love that twist uh <laughs> Uh, is that something without talking about the twist itself that you and your dad came up right away when you were writing the script or was it just an we, idea? We really wanted it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of film noir and he also is, you know, so we had to. <laughs> <laughs> now, moving forward, um, you said you had some projects in the works. What can you tell us about what you have currently in the works? Yeah, well, we have two uh, horrors, actually. It's it's more psychological horror, let's say. Let's classify it as that. Yeah. Um, but we really want to dive into it a, a little more. And, uh, yeah, we're still writing it, so I don't want to say too no, much. Because no. <laughs> it may change, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we look forward uh, to watching. I look forward to watching a lot more of your stuff. You're still so young and you have this full featured film now that is getting great reviews by viewers and critics and the way the movies are right now with uh, COVID and how distribution works. Uh, it's not like it was even three years ago. A lot of movies gain success, not immediately, you know, unless it's a big blockbuster box office big budget film uh you know movies uh nowadays the majority of them get uh recognized as time passes on and word of mouth one person telling another person hey check out this movie um overall are you pretty good with the critics review the viewers response to a dark foe 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I want to people continue watching the movie and spread the word. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly. That's what we're doing here. We're getting the word just, out on the dark yeah. foe. And I am recommended to all my viewers. Guys, you, those of you who watched me for a while know that when I say I'm literally stumped and I can't find another movie to compare a dark foe to, I'm being dead serious. I really cannot think of another movie that encompasses so many different layers as Maria's movie, A Dark Foe. So please go check it out. It's available on all the major retailers, Amazon, Voodoo. I mean, everywhere where you can rent or buy a movie. Uh, is there any plans in the future, as far as you know, for A Dark Foe going to a subscription service, as far as you know right now? As far as I know right now, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But, oh, yeah. I mean, I could see it ending up on, like, a Shutter or a Netflix or somewhere like that, which I'm pretty sure it's going to. Somebody's going to pick this up. For, somebody's going to pick this up for their streaming service. Anyway, Maria, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a fascinating conversation. It's been a pure honor just talking to you and getting the insight on how you and your dad work together. Can I ask you one last question? And For sure, yes. <laughs> your dad, you had to film him with doing some pretty uh, awkward scenes with another woman. Uh, this is from my own curiosity. As you, uh -huh. your dad, did that make you feel awkward or were you guys totally professional and like, He's not my father. This is an actor. I'm the director. And that's all it's going to be. Yeah, totally. Uh, it didn't feel awkward at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I had to ask. I was just curious about that. I'm like, I'm a father. I have a daughter. And I'm like, man, that would be just so weird. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Maria. Any final thoughts you want to share with our audience? I just want to say thank you to you for ha having me here. Uh, it does mean a lot to me that, that you really like the movie. It makes me so, so happy to hear that. And to your listeners, yeah, make sure to check it out. Absolutely. That check out. You can watch it tonight. Watch it tonight. <laughs> it's available uh, on all the major digital streaming platforms, A Dark Foe. Maria, thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, much success to you, Maria. I know it's going to come your way. And until next time, guys, on behalf of Maria and myself, stay safe and always stay walking. Good night.